12 to 1 every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. As you know, I do like to go to the neutrals when they're talking about uh, games between two teams. And Virgin Media Sport have had a wonderful panel show right through this Rugby World Cup. Panel comprises uh, Rob Carney, uh, legendary former Irish fullback, Matt Williams, former Scottish coach, and Ian McKinley, who played uh, first five for Italy. They had a panel discussion talking about the Rugby World Cup final between the All Blacks and the Springboks, uh, who's favourites, all of that sort of stuff. What's it going to look like? We're just going to take it in full because the audio quality was so good. Oh, who are the favourites? Very quickly, go. <laughs> Your life depends on it. Well, South Africa. Matt? Uh, well, look, I, I, I think beginning of the tournament, yes, but I think New Zealand are in some really good form. Uh, it's going to be so close, okay. so close. In. I think South Africa will be favourites, but I really hope New Zealand win because if South Africa win, everyone's going to look at them and go, that's how we should play. We need to have a bigger, stronger, more powerful team um, who kicks the ball a lot. Yeah. And that's every other professional team is going to think that. Every school team, every yeah. club team. And in my opinion, that's not good for rugby. We want to have teams seeing the space, beating guys one-on-one -on -one with footwork, you know, a passing end, the way Ireland play it. I know I'm a purist when I'm, when I'm saying it, but this business of running over guys, going to the power game, I don't want to see, you know, the Senior Cup this year. Yeah. In, I think it, we saw it from South Africa last week, to be fair. Do you not think? I think it's only off turnover ball yeah. is when they play. Because they exert so much pressure on the yeah. opposition. Yeah. Yeah. And they just, their, their defence is out of this world. Is their defence yeah. not to be admired? It is. The defence is absolutely it's, to But be it's, it's also and, great to watch. And, yeah. yeah. And attacking against their defence is exhausting. And mm -hmm. that's a big thing that we've seen from this World Cup. And hard. That sometimes you're actually better off without the ball because it's so tiring attacking against those could kind I, of defences. Um, can I ask a question, though? Four years ago, South Africa scrummed England to death, won the World Cup. And to your point, in the four years since, we've seen attacking-style rugby flourish. Ireland... France, any number of countries. It's not like everybody took their lead from South Africa, interestingly. In a way, but they, they did, we have seen the boxing game from that 2019 World Cup dominate the game over the next over the, 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 the preceding four yeah. years. Yeah, we've, we've seen a, a lot of different styles of rugby. Yeah. Um, and it, I think if you're to take the four best teams in the world at the moment, you take South Africa, by far the best defensive rugby team in the world, Take Ireland, the best phase attack rugby in the world. Take New Zealand, the best counter-attack turnover rugby in the world. And then take France, who are the second best at all three of those things. Great point. Yeah, I like um, that. Yeah. And it just shows now that... Now, listen, I know those games were so tight. The quarterfinal was so tight. Tonight mm. was so tight. All in, all in South Africa was so tight. S so tight. Mm. But defences are always going to be the top top of the food chain there. Mm. And New Zealand, in terms of what they can do, their ability to score a try out of nothing has got them into another World Cup final. And if you follow your point, Robbie, if we look back on history, uh, the two games that uh, recent games, South Africa, New Zealand, in Christchurch, I've said it before, I'll say it again, the first 20 minutes of that game, 
New Zealand played at an extraordinary pace and scored mm. 18 points in mm. the first 20 minutes because their breakdown work and their accuracy and their passing game, the flatness of their play, yeah. it's brilliant. Then we go to Twickenham. Now, I know there were some yellow and red cards involved at Twickenham. The power game of South Africa comes in and their defence, New Zealand didn't even look like it. So, again, we're talking cigarette papers between these teams. Yeah. So the, 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 the point I think Robbie's making and I'd make too, when teams have played fast and got passes in, Australia beat them in Adelaide, Ireland have beaten them twice and New Zealand have beaten them twice. Mm. The pace of the ruck ball is absolutely electric because that nullifies the defence. Yeah. If you have slow ball, which you had tonight because of the weather and a few things, man, they're hard to beat. There is another interesting aspect as well, Ian, though, in this knockout tournament rugby. We're seeing uh, Ireland, New Zealand, New Zealand let Ireland have a lot of the ball and, and it was very much built on defence. We saw South Africa let France do a lot of the hard running last week. And then this week, um, again, England troubles South Africa, kind of reductive cup rugby. There is that kind of interesting thing where the attacking teams find it harder to do it under the most extreme pressure and South Africa, like Granite, are kind of almost there. It's, it's easier for them to execute their more limited game plan under this kind of pressure. Yeah, it is. Like the, the stats speak for themselves mm. from last week. You know, you, you look, I think South Africa had 82 passes, France had 153. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's clear as day that they don't want to have the ball and certainly not in, in, in areas in their own half. Um, and England forced them to do that tonight. And mm. it'll be interesting to see if, if New Zealand adopt a similar tactic. We've seen their kicking game throughout this competition. Arguably, you know, the, the, probably the most varied kicking, mm. that we, you know, between their chip kicks, the crossfield kicks, their ability to go to the air. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see if they take them on there. And I think if they do, they, they could get good result out of it. Yeah. But you're all saying this is flip of a coin stuff. This is really well, tight. Well, I think, I think the last two quarterfinals, uh, when these top four teams play each other, yeah. and now, now the, we said the, two, the teams from Ireland's half of the draw would make the final, which turned out to be correct. Mm. Whenever those four teams play each other, there's nothing in it. Yeah. And, and all the results have proved that. France, France, so we're going to have two teams who've made the final. I wonder if this is the first time. Two teams who've made the final who've oh, lost a game. Mm. Big thing is going to be how, how the scrum is refed in the final. Like Wayne Barnes perceived that Andrew Porter was doing something illegal. <clears throat> yeah. But at least in this final, you'll have parity at the scrums because they're both world-class scrummaging teams. I don't think we're going to see the same difference in terms of, of, of nice. scrummaging ability. I hope we don't. And if you're New Zealanders, what, what's your breakfast next morning? 1995 all over again. Next, <laughs> next in Paris, check your cornflakes in Paris. We'd like to distance ourselves from that comment. Uh, we don't know this guy. We have talked <laughs> enough yeah. about scrums for one lifetime. Yeah. A couple of takeouts I had on there, and it was very interesting. I hadn't really thought about it was, I think it was Matt Williams. One of them said they really hoped the All Blacks win because of the style of rugby they play as opposed to the South African style of rugby they play. Because if South Africa won the World Cup with big brutes and physicality, it's not a not as in a visually attractive game. It's a winning game, but it's not visually as attractive. And in 2019, with Fafterklerk's box kick, on the back of that, they won the World Cup. And haven't we seen an increase in the use of box kicking since the 2019 uh, World Cup campaign by South Africa? So it's an advertisement for the game. And he's damn right. So if New Zealand, with their counter-attacking, their better handling skills, um, 
more enterprising play. It's a more attractive game to watch and inspire the youngsters of how they want to play. Re- really interesting point. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this game, about how we beat South Africa, who've got that incredible rush defence. We beat their rush defence at Mount Smart. And my belief is we did it. We played that game in the middle of the park, right? So you're, they're forced to defend both sides of the middle of the park, both sides of the ruck. You can't rush when we're setting up in the middle. As soon as you get to a, a sideline, a left edge or a right edge, um, then they can employ their rush defence because the whole back line's all fanned out. So we forced that game into the middle and those hard-charging runs around the, around the edges of the middle by Shannon Frizzell and Co., and that's how we got in front of them and put that scoreboard pressure on. be interesting to see what sort of game to, we will adopt and I'm thinking we'll attack them through the middle and we'll try and keep the game in the middle in the middle of the park. And don't be surprised if we see a different South Africa. Don't be surprised if we see a very attacking, flair-filled Springbok team as an element of surprise because they haven't really done that this time and give the ball some air and some second phase and third phase and less kicking to surprise the All Blacks. They're a very astute coaching group, the Springboks. Who knows what's going to happen? I can't wait for it. We do have live commentary here. Do remember that. 8 o'clock Sunday morning, Dan McCarty, Christian Cullen. We shall take a break. When we come back, still, we're going to hear from some All Black greats, Kieran Reid, Richie McCaw, Dan Carter, and we're going to get a bit out of uh, John Schmidt and Victor Matfield as well. All of that still to come. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Right, let's have a listen to a couple of former tremendous all-black captains. A chat between uh, Kieran Reid and Richie McCaw. How you feeling, boys? How's uh, what are the vibes? I'm pretty excited, eh? Like uh, this is the week year as a team, and I think supporters as well. You want to come and see uh, playing in a final, and yeah, where you know at the end of it, uh, end of this week, yeah, see whether you <coughs> whether you got enough or not, and uh, yeah, it's exciting. Are you ready? That's awesome, mate. Yeah, you know, South Girls the game we wanted. I think you know that's a, everyone wants that in, in the world, and man, it's going to be an epic battle. Um, yeah, so really looking forward to it. You guys have both played some epic battles against South Africa. So this is the final we want, Rich? Yeah, well, you want to play the, the best. And, um, you know, we've had to get through Ireland. They've had to get through France. And now it's, it's set up to go, OK, who, who really deserves it? So what happened eight weeks ago when they put a record score on us? Did, will the boys be touching on that this week? Will they talk about that? I don't think they'll talk about it, but that's going to be in the mind. 100%. <laughs> like, that's what happened. You know, in Auckland, when we did a job on the South Africans, that's what they were thinking when we played in Twickenham. Um, you know, so right now, that's in the back of our minds, 100%. You yeah. know, you, you keep that. So, so looking at it, like, like it's, the last couple of years have been a bit like that. Like, what happened with the Irish at home? Well, I think, I think the Irish series uh, was in the back of their minds, you know, coming into a quarterfinal where, you know, the Irish, you know, were expected probably to be, you know, where the All Blacks are now. And, um, and I know for the guys, you know, talking to them, that, that, you, know, you don't forget in a hurry that sort of... You know, it was a pretty tough time for the team, um, so to get a chance to turn that around when it counts, uh, you don't want to miss out. Almost feels a bit like fate, though, doesn't it? Because at the time they said, "Judge us at the World Cup." Like we're building for that. That's what we're that's what we're aiming for. They come out here and, and get the job done this week. It, it is 
it's not the fairy tale, but it, it is probably one of our greatest chapters, you know, in the All Black jersey going into a World Cup. Not as favourites. Um, backs against the wall for so many, you know, um, games and, and that game just before the World Cup, you know, so um, it's going to be going to be amazing for the lads. How's the team going to prepare? What what changes from any other week? It's just the mental preparation that's the key. It, it's kind of just ensuring that there's no assumptions going into this game. You've got your strategy right and you've just got your mindset right, right from the outset. So, you know, a couple of days off for the lads over this weekend and then they can really rip in with fresh bodies and I, I can tell that they're just locked in and zoned in on what they need yeah, to do. It feels like and it. so that's it's mental. I think let be excited and uh, and but the, the thing around finals, it won't be the, the teams to go and try and pull a rabbit out of the hat or, you know, magic. It's just you've got fifteen guys that do the job you've always been able to do. And then there'll be one or two chances that'll that no doubt come and we're just gonna make sure whoever gets that you, you take it. But it, it won't be things trying to do things you haven't done in the past, it's been able to do it when it counts and yeah, the excitement will take care of all, all the, uh, I guess, the emotion. It's just, uh, and 15 guys, you know, ready to go. That's what, that's what you want to make sure the week's all about. Kevi Mulama talked about sharing like stories from the past going into. So I think that's that's nice that when we talk about legacy, it's not it's not just a word. It's actually lived and breathed. I think I think one of the things when when you have a tough time in the All Blacks, you can feel like you're sort of a bit, bit isolated, you know. But knowing that, um, you know that. You got all the uh, guys that have been there before supporting you. I, I know when I was playing, understanding that, and that's and I, I talked to Kevy about it. You know, just sharing some of the experiences we've gone through, the tough patches, and what it is that it, you know, there's little things it takes to get things going again. You know, if you, that can be any help, that's what you know we've tried to just you know, in a small way, uh, you know, uh, pass that on. There's a group in that All Black team that have been there for a long time that are that won't get to wear the all-black jersey again. You, you guys have both been there. You know the feeling leading up to the last time you're going to wear that black jersey, some of these boys. What sort of emotions will they be going through this week? How will they feel? How did you guys feel when that was coming up for you? Uh, I didn't get to do it like Rich. I was doing it in a certain game that no one wants to play in. That third, fourth game, you know? So in, in some ways, I could enjoy it. It wasn't the game we wanted to play, but it gave me a pretty special time to reflect on that career and, and things. So, how was it for you? There was a little period when the final whistle went. Um, obviously, we'd won, and I was like, "This is it. It's done." And then I was like, "Actually, I'm just going to try and enjoy every minute. I've still got standing here where it's fucking in, uh, you know, in the jersey." And I, how I, long did you wear it for? Well, I left it on as long as I could. <laughs> I went to the press conference, full kit on, um, and I remember coming back, and then it was like, "This is the last time I take the jersey off." But mate, it was a, it was a great day to be able to do it. Oh, I miss those guys being involved. The, just the surety they they bring you, but that surety has has grown on me with this current All Black squad as well. Um, the loose four trio, which of course Rito was eight and Richie McCall was seven, and we've got Artie Savia eight and Sam Kane seven and Shannon Frizzell. Um, good little combo. Good little combo. Um, Rito DC now. Um, previewing the final, I think he was intercepted at a golf day. Uh, he was intercepted by a journalist and he stopped by for, for a couple of minutes and shared his thoughts on the preview of the big game. I have to start with the All Blacks. What a turnaround it's been. What's been the catalyst, do you think, for that side? I think there's been a, a lot of self-belief. You know, not many um, people, and, and Kiwis in particular, that, that thought uh, you know the All Blacks had a chance of winning this World Cup. But having spent a, a bit of time in the environment this year, 
um, I, I soon learned that they had a lot of self-belief that they were really growing uh, as a team and, and as the competition's gone on they've just got um, better and better so they they're um, made it to, to the finals they've given themselves a chance uh, which is uh, you know really exciting for uh, for them and also the people in New Zealand are sort of right in, in behind them but uh, yeah huge occasion and up against uh, you know the, the number one team in the world I have to ask you about players then as well, if there's one player you could identify who's really been a catalyst to kind of transform this team or has had standout performances, who would you say? It's really hard to pinpoint uh, one player. Um, something I've been really impressed with is is the, the leaders, you know, the, the leadership group, the, the likes of uh, Aaron Smith, Artie Savia, Sam Kane and, and, and key games, uh, you know, when he's fit, have Richie Moanga, Bowden Barrett, guys that have just really stepped up uh, and and performing at the highest level at the right time, um, you know. So, so for me, Artie Savia has been huge. His physicality, his, his presence, his, his just motivation and league drive and, and commitment to to really challenge the opposition. And um, but yeah, the, the leadership group for me, guys that have been there, have the hurt from 2019 Rugby World Cup. You can see that there's some extra motivation for this one. And the coaching group also have to take some credit for, for these performances as well. Yeah, I mean the the growth that the team has, has had since the addition of uh, Joe Smith and, and Jace Ryan. Um, so you know, a really uh, bold move from Ian Foster to get those two part of the the coaching group, and and the, the changes that they've made in, in such a short time uh, has been you know really important for this this team growing. Uh, so. Um, Obviously, not all those faces will be there, uh, part of the, the All Black environment after this World Cup. So, the way that they've united and galvanised is, is a real strength uh, of the, the personalities that you've got in that coaching group. A word on South Africa, they've been such an incredible team as well. Are they better than the previous World Cup? Who's going to win? <laughs> there are arch rivals, uh, the Springboks. You know, leading into this World Cup, you knew that they would be there or thereabouts. Uh, you know, come uh, come the Rugby World Cup final, they're just a powerhouse of, of world rugby. They they're big, they're physical, and they know how to win. Um, we saw that last weekend. They didn't have the, the most clinical performance, but they they found a way. And um, you know, they are just always such a tough opposition to, to come up against. And and you know, they'll love going up against the All Blacks and, and really trying to, to, to match uh, match them and or even be sort of more physical than them. So. They will be at their absolute best this weekend, which is exactly what you want as, as an opponent to, to come up against uh, the best and the likes of South Africa to really be challenged on, on the biggest stage. Um, but you know, as, as a proud Kiwi, I'm, I'm confident uh, that the All Blacks are building nicely and will come down to just one or two moments um, that will hopefully go in, in the All Blacks' favour and then they'll come out with the win. There you go. DC said it. Of course, he was always going to say that, wasn't he? Interested to see what uh, team the All Blacks pick for this final, I don't forecast wholesale changes. I won't be surprised if there's a change on the bench because of the strength of the bench for uh, the Springboks. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, the Springboks, the massive prop, name escapes me. He's a game changer when he comes on and scrummages. Hasn't got, hasn't got great. Uh, I was going to say cardio. What's the word? Full match fitness, but he can come on and be explosive for half an hour. We might put one of our older props on the bench to combat that, and when that guy comes on, uh, someone like a Nipo Laulala might be on the bench to try and combat that. What are they going to do with the locks? 
I feel like they might go back to Sam Whitelock starting because he's such a a maestro of line-out reads and maybe save Brody Retallick for the impact role. So they might sort of do a bit of a swapsy. Um, they're not – I feel like Sam Whitelock measures up very well against the South African pack and Brody can come on and do that punishing, damaging role that he plays so, so well. Um Hopefully Dane Coles gets back on the bench. I think that experience is very, very valuable. Uh, but I don't see many other changes, really. Uh, that, and I'm not saying they will be changes, but they might be the ones, particularly our reserve bench to combat the bomb squad. Um, we're going to play you some clips tomorrow from uh, Jason Ryan. He was talked about that. And he had that knowing little Jason Ryan, uh, Jason Ryan look, saying, we're ready for that. We've got something we think we can do. So... A personnel change, maybe a slight tactical change, I'm not sure. So maybe Nepo, maybe a swap of the locks, I'm not, not 100% sure. Anyway, uh, I do welcome your calls from now, 0800 150 Happy to have a chat with you about anything at all. It's a massive week, isn't it? A big, big week. Uh, just after 1 o'clock, we'll be talking to Christian Cullen as well. But between then and now, your calls, your texts, and we have uh, a chat Andy Ellis had with John Schmidt and Victor Matfield as well. Give us a yell, 0800 150 811. to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Righto, to the phones we go. Let's go to Australia and talk to the great man Darren. Hey Staffy, how are you mate? Very good, very good. You're in the car. I'm in the car. Yeah, I've just come out of a meeting, so uh, I, I heard the uh, probably half of the Dan Carter interview. That was great. So thought uh, I'll ring you while I can. It's a bit busy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but um, yeah, I agree with you. I reckon Colsey has got to come onto the bench. Just need that experience, and um, you know, you need him at, in the last half an hour, just telling them what a great game they're doing and how supportive he is of, of all of them. Mm. You know. The, 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 the banter that he says, which is completely the opposite to that, I reckon. <clears throat> um, I reckon Roygaard, he impressed when we uh, got demolished by South Africa and Twickenham. Yeah, I, I want him there. I do, uh, but I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll do it because it's a, it's a long time between games for him, and they've stuck with Christie. Yeah, I mean, I'd love it if Aaron played out the eighty. To be honest with you. Yeah, I do. Ooh. Is he effective in the seventy-fifth minute as he is in the fifth? Is he effective in the seventy-fifth minute? Then I'm with you. If he's still got gas in the tank, they'll probably leave him, and he would be mature and responsible enough to say, "Look, I'm cooked now. You have to get me off." I think he would do that, and they might say to him, "Look, play till you can't play no more," because Aaron Smith wouldn't yeah. want to be exposed from being fatigued in the seventieth minute. Someone gets through him or gets round him through his fatigue nature. So they might leave it up to him. Yep, fair call. Mm. Um, just um, just for a bit of motivation, I, I hope they uh, get Sean Fitzpatrick in for a bit of a chat about 95. Yes, they could well do. In fact, I heard that they had a lot of... The, I, I don't know whether some past or recent past All Blacks went into this team meeting, but I think uh, players that are departing spoke 
to the whole team about their career as an All Black, the highs and lows, and apparently there were tears. It was quite emotional. It was quite vulnerable, and it's really empowered some of the youngsters. So, yeah, interesting, eh? Oh, mate, I can't wait. I've, uh, yeah, I'm just absolutely fizzed about it. It's um, it's gonna once the team gets named tomorrow, I'm gonna be the nerves will start. So, <laughs> because it's gonna be yeah. so real, isn't it? Oh, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I can't believe we're in the final. Because I, I, at no point before the tournament did I think we would be in the final. Mm. Um, I just didn't think we'd get past Ireland. So or France, which, whichever one we were gonna play, I just thought that was gonna be a real bogey for us. So yeah, they just they can hold their heads high in my book. They've, they've done an amazing job and it's been it's been a great journey so far. Where, where does Ian Foster's legacy sit with you if he wins this? Or even if he doesn't? I think he, he, he fits into the mould with Beaver. Like, against all odds, made a few mistakes, but finished with his head high and did, never gave up. So, and he'll probably get a movie made about him. So, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, and well earned, well earned. I mean, I'm looking forward to the Razor era because it's something different. Yeah. Um, but he got us to a final. Did I like the journey? At times, no. Um, you know, like last year when they won in, in, in South Africa, I, I never saw that coming in a million years. I'm glad it happened. But um, And I suppose he's part of the reason why we're a bit more nervous when the All Blacks play, which I don't mind. Mm. I think we, 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 you know, people were getting a little complacent um, but, you know, going into the Argentina one, you know, Argentina have beat us at home. Okay, then we go out and just, you know, maul them. So I'm loving it. Mm. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's been a roller coaster ride. But, I mean, and to his credit, he's handled himself very well. Yeah, he has. And, and I mentioned that. You said, I want to put something else to you, to, to, to you and all the listeners there, and that without the adversity, particularly of last year, of, of the Island Series loss, the, Indi- uh, the Argentinian loss, all of that, without that adversity and without the balls of Ian Foster, and I did some investigating. It was Ian Foster that sacked the two assistant coaches and brought in the other two because something had to change. But without all that adversity, which led to a change in coaching staff, would we make the World Cup final my inclination is probably no. That adversity developed character, um, necessitated change that he took upon himself to make. Oh, I agree. I mean, and that's our ethos because how many times do you see the All Blacks get done in a match like Argentina beat us and then we go over to Argentina and absolutely thump them? Mm. It's, you know, we learn from our mistakes and, and you, sometimes you, you've got to try things and they don't come off. Um, the reason I, I didn't mind the Ireland series because I just thought Ireland played such a beautiful style of rugby. I was I loved it. Like I thought it was great, and I think it's what we needed because everyone was like, "Oh, the Ireland are coming. We're just going to beat them three 0 Well, no, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's great. And look at all I'll say to you, Staffy, is look at Sam Whitelock and Aaron Smith. Just when you thought they couldn't play any better, they do. Yeah. And what's driving them to do that? Because they've been amazing. Like Aaron Smith, how can that guy get better? And he gets better. And it's just unreal. So whatever he's drinking, reading, you know, breathing, bottle it and give it to the next guy, please. Yeah, bang on. <laughs> awesome. Good chatting, Darren. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers. See Cheers, you, buddy. And I, th- I think along with Darren, a lot of us are looking forward to the change of um, the fresh approach that Scott Robertson 
uh, will bring to the All Blacks environment. There'll be some player changes, some positional changes, who, who knows what. But don't forget that in 2023, in Super Rugby, so last year Ian Foster lost two to Ireland, one to Argentina. Uh, don't forget, oh, and to South Africa, Scott Robertson lost three round-robin games in Super Rugby, including one to the Drua. I think he might have lost both times to the Chiefs, I think. Um, so he's not a miracle man either. So, uh, yeah, I think I mentioned yesterday, Ian Foster can hold his, his head high. He hasn't really, he lost his rag a little bit sort of January, February when he sort of came out and said, I don't think it's proper to advertise or tell me that I'm not wanted after the World Cup in such a public forum. And I, and I tended to agree with him. I really hope the All Blacks win. My God, I hope the All Blacks win. We'll take a break. Joey's on hold. We'll take you, Joey, straight after this. Twelve to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Let's go back to the phones. We've got the great man Joey in Auckland. G'day, Joey. Yeah, g'day, Staff. How are you, mate? Very good. Um, Look, we, we just got to hold on to that football um, and don't give the, the South Africans the ball. Uh, you know, keep it away from... If we get into the, the, the mould that England did with the up and unders and that, um, they will they will get on top of us. But I think if we if we run the football, you know, and, and our kicks are, are the right ones, uh, we're, and, and our, our loose forwards, I think, will win it, can win it for us. Mm. I think they're, they're... You know, and they normally do, you know, when you get on top of team staff. You know, and no yellow cards, no red cards, because the yellow cards uh, will crucify us. And also, too, um, I think our guys subbing on, England's guys that subbed on didn't do bugger all. didn't do a lot. They didn't make an impact. Our guys will, and that's the difference. And I know the South African guys will, too. But that's the difference that that we have over England. Our guys that are coming on will make a massive impact. And that's a big thing, especially if we're in front. You know, and I'd like to—I'd like to see, obviously, like to see us be in front. I think, you know, the way we've been playing, um, I think we are the better side. And um, but sometimes better sides don't win. But um, I think, you know, it's—it's we say ours to lose. I just think that, you know, with the guys moving on as well, there's motivation massively. Um, and also too, did you know the stats? Staff, I mentioned it um, uh, to Watson before that that the last two World Cups that we won in the semi-finals, the teams we played never scored a try against us. Uh. In 2011, 2015. And now, and it happened the same in the semi-final 2023. So hopefully we get over the line. It would be fantastic. And for Foster, um, it would just be, you know, all the, all the ups and downs he's gone through, um, it's been unbelievable. And, and he's stuck true to what, what he thinks is best. And, um, and you know, you, you've got to take, take credit where credit's due. Um, you know, you said that, uh, or someone said that he, um, he, picked his, he got rid of the two guys that were, were with him and made changes. Uh, he was one of the guys that wanted that or, or whatever. That's just um, fantastic. And, and going down, is, is if we win the World Cup, he will be right up there. Graham Henry lost a, lost a, um, a World Cup and then got a second chance, and, and, and look what happened there. So, you know. Kudos to him. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think kudos to him. And not many people get to meet Ian Foster 
um, as a person rather than the All Black coach. And I've only done it maybe twice, and he's always impressed me with his absolute passion for the All Blacks and the All Black jersey. Now, we can talk about whether he's a better coach than Scott Robertson and whether he should have had the job and all of that. It's never lost on me that he's he's a person first and foremost. And it, he didn't deserve all the crap. He was trying everything he could. He, tr- he tried everything he could. And he had to get rid of two good men now for two potentially better coaches. But he had to do that in the interests of the All Blacks. And he did it. And it would have been easier to not do it and maybe walk away. But I think what we've seen from Ian Foster in the last 12 months... If we could, if all of us could just take a token of the resilience he's shown and make our lives easier as well. Yes, Beth, do you just think, just quickly, do you just think that when the players, because we were going so well when he took over, I think the players, some of the players, and, 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 and you do, you, you get a bit complacent, you go, oh, we're, we're the All Blacks, we're going to win, we're not going to lose two games in a row or whatever. Um, we've been playing really well. Um, and you just go through the motions, and, and, and maybe the players thought, oh, well, we're a new coach, we'll just keep doing what we're doing, and, and it'll all work out for us. Well, then all of a sudden it didn't. So we had to, ch- we had to go down another, another alleyway. Mm. And he went down the alleyway, and, and, and okay, he took some knocks. It's like a boxer. He took some knocks, but he, he got back up again, and he went, no, this is my team. I'm going to have it how I want it. And as I said, kudos to him. Uh, if he wins the World Cup, He'll be up there with um, with the others, without a doubt. Go the mighty turbo. Go the, turbo. Go the mighty all black. Good on you, Joey. There he is, Joey Norkland. One thing I want to pick up on there too is I remember a chat we had with coaching guru Wayne Goldsmith when um, this must have been about a year ago when Ian Foster was getting a whole lot of um, some of it unwarranted criticism, some some of it warranted. And I, and I talked to Wayne Goldsmith about it and he said one of the hurdles that Ian Foster was going to have was he'd been an assistant coach for 10 years and then he became the head coach. And the existing playing group had only ever known him as an assistant coach and it would be hard for them to change their view and, and his messaging because they've had it from him as an assistant, and now he's the head coach. So it was almost like maybe uh, he didn't have the respect or, or his voice wasn't heard as a head coach, having been an assistant for so long. When he got rid of Brad Moore and John Plumtree and brought in Joe Schmidt and Jason Ryan, I think he became a head coach in the players' eyes, and they were just like, Wow. And I think maybe that's when that transition changed, when those guys came in, because it's undeniable that they have improved since those two have come in. And I'm also cognizant when the All Blacks go well, everyone praises Joe Schmidt and Jason Ryan, and when they don't go well, they blame Ian Foster. And I always go back to a guy who took me, this is sound a bit weird, but a guy took me to an Indian restaurant, and he said, this will be the best Indian food you've ever had. And I went in, and it was. And I said... That chef's a genius. And he said, no, he's not. The restaurant owner that employed him is the genius. So Ian Foster is the genius that brought on Jason Ryan and Joe Schmidt. When you think about it, he was the one that instigated all of that. And I know it's for for a fact. And a lot of people will say it was a rugby union, New Zealand rugby union appointment. I guess they had to sign the box. But it was at the behest of Ian Foster that we get Ryan and Schmidt 
with the understanding and the identification, stuff needed to change. We had 12 months to the World Cup. He identified those two. He talked them into coming in and we've seen the improvement. So big old match, Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, live on SCNZ.